Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. It is once again Friday and FOMO Friday here on the podcast. We love to bring you the articles that you may or may not have heard about, especially if you're not listening to propaganda media. These are the things that you should probably know. And first of all, from a set of articles from the Daily Wire comes this one. The Social Security uh, Retirement Trust Fund is rapidly approaching insolvency. Congress needs to act at some point and Americans need to adjust their plans. Now, we all have heard that for a little while now that the Social Security system is going insolvent, but here are the new numbers. Social Security benefits are guaranteed for life, of course, no matter how long the beneficiary lives, and they're also the only inflation-adjusted guaranteed lifetime benefit most U.S. retirees have. Now, the baby boomers are in or, of course, entering their retirement years now. Since 2011, 10,000 baby boomers per day have been turning age 65. Now, beginning in 2024, when the large middle section of the boomer generation begins to uh, turning 65, that number jumps to 12,000 per day. There aren't enough young workers joining the workforce to replace the boomers and pay taxes into the program. Each year, the Board of Trustees of Social Security issues a report on the solvency of the program, uh, estimating results for the next 75 years. And the 2022 report had some good news, actually. The Retirement Trust Fund was projected to last through 2034. One year longer than than in 2021's report, but the the assumptions about inflation and demographics seem pretty optimistic, uh, for for lack of a better term. If, if that's the case, the trust fund will run out of money before 2034. The consequences of the trust fund's depletion are widely misunderstood, though. The Social Security retirement program won't end when the trust fund runs out of money. Payroll taxes and self-employment taxes continue to flow into the program each year. But the trustees estimate that the the annual tax revenue will be enough to pay 75% to 80% of benefits for at least 75 years. That means the worst case scenario, if, if Congress doesn't act to shore up the program, will be an across-the-board reduction in benefits of 20% to 25%, somewhere in that in that estimation. Now, Congress is likely to act before that happens. Uh, current and future retirees uh, also need to act, though, too. But retirees and, and pre-retirees need to avoid taking some actions being recommended, though. Some people advise that because of the pending insolvency, the baby boomers should claim their retirement benefits as soon as they're eligible to at age 62, or at least no later than their full retirement age. The reasoning is that they should grab the promised benefits as soon as possible before any cuts are made. But it's generally better for people to wait as long as they can, but 
no later than age 70, of course, to claim their benefits. The, the actual benefit increases by up to 8% for each year claimed, uh, claiming is, is delayed through age 70. That's a guaranteed tax-free annual increase, a, a return most people can't obtain anywhere else. Plus, each year, Social Security benefits are increased by the amount of the, the latest um, inflation rate. Over, over the years, there's a significant benefit to having that inflation index uh, compounded on a higher uh, beginning benefit. So also, uh, once Congress finally acts, it is expected that it will do as it has done in the past. People already receiving Social Security benefits and probably those within five or ten years of claiming them will be protected. The current promised benefits, uh, benefit levels will be grandfathered for them in, in, in mo- most likelihood. Even if Congress doesn't grandfather this group, most would, would rather have a benefit cut imposed on the the higher benefit gained from you know waiting to claim than than the lower benefit paid for those who claim early uh, the most likely scenario is that younger workers those that are you know age 50 or under will bear most of the burdens of higher taxes during their working years and lower benefits after their their careers the longer congress waits to act the more severe these changes will be though there's another option for Congress, and it can declare that at any shortfall in Social Security will be covered by a contribution from the general funds from the che- Treasury Department. The Social Security shortfall would add to, of course, the annual budget deficit and the federal debt, which, of course, is skyrocketing right now. So this probably isn't the route that they will go. But because Congress mismanaged the program and didn't act quickly enough when the shortfall became apparent, their their plan should be able to absorb um, a reduction of 20 to 25% in Social Security benefits beginning in the early 2030s. Now, the best thing to do is not to rely on Social Security at all, right? I mean, what you get should just add to what you've already saved. There is not an account that, that you paid into just waiting for you when you retire from the from the federal government. They raided that pool of money a long time ago. So because they depend on the young workers to pay for the old retiring ones, this is why we are in this situation that we're in right now. And and it's it's not a super dire one, but it's definitely one to keep an eye on. Now, speaking of getting an infusion of cash, though, Moderna, which developed a COVID vaccine after getting a $10 billion, with a B, handout from the U.S. taxpayers, sold $18 billion worth of vaccines in 2021. Now, last March, Pfizer said it expects to haul in 32 billion dollars in COVID vaccine sales for 2022. Now, while Moderna forecasted at least 19 billion in sales, and and, and if you're keeping score at home, <laughs> that's 60 billion dollars that Pfizer made off of their so-called COVID vaccine. But as always, nothing is ever enough. So Moderna wants to increase its price 
up just a measly 400 percent from an updated booster shot price that uh, of about $26 per dose to between 110 and 130 per dose, according to a report from the Wall Street Journal. Now, Moderna CEO Stephanie Bensell uh, defended the the sky-high hike, saying this, I would think this type of pricing is consistent with the value. The value? What value is there in in the shot right now? I mean, this is ridiculous. After U.S. taxpayers subsidized the creation of the mRNA based COVID vaccine, Moderna provided them uh, with uh, to the government uh, for a price tag of between fifteen and sixteen dollars per dose in twenty twenty one. That rose to twenty six dollars per dose in twenty twenty two, and now they want a hundred and thirty dollars per dose. Moderna says that it's just setting a fair market price, noting that Pfizer is also looking to get upwards of one hundred and thirty dollars per uh, per vaccine dose. Now, more than four hundred million doses of Pfizer's vaccine and and boosters have been administered in the U.S. According to the data from the Centers of Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, the federal government continues to urge Americans to get booster after booster after booster, right? But now it turns out that the new boosters might not do much of anything. Some vaccine uh, adv- uh, advisors to the federal government on Wednesday said that they are disappointed and angry that government scientists and pharmaceutical company Moderna failed to provide certain infection data on the effectiveness of its latest COVID booster during meetings last year. Now, even without the data, the advisors approved the new booster, which that's on them, right? They didn't have the data. They were provided it, and they went ahead and approved it anyway. But now the data shows that the updated booster might not be any more effective than the original shots, which targeted a completely different strain of virus. Quote, I was angry to find out that there was data that was relevant to our decision that we didn't get to see, said Dr. Paul Offit, who's a member of the Vaccines Related Biological Products Advisory Committee, which is a group of external advisors that helps the FDA make vaccine decisions. This is according to the C- to CNN. Quote, decisions that are made for the public have to be made based on all available information, not just some, but all information, he said. So can we finally dispense with the notion that everyone needs to get this shot? I mean, it is better for most people not to get it and and all the many boosters that come along with it every three months. In other news, the American Gas Association criticized federal regulators for considering a ban on stoves powered by natural gas. This was an interesting one, and it continues to be so. Richard uh, Trumka Jr. is a, a commissioner of the Customer Product Safety Commission and an appointee of President Joe Biden. Remarked during a, a Monday interview with Bloomberg that gas stoves present, present a hidden hazard, as he put it, and said, quote, any option is on the table, unquote, with respect to banning the popular devices. Now, Trumka, the son of former AFL-CIO President Richard Trumka, 
later clarified that any ban would only apply to new products, not the ones that are currently in your home, after criticism from the lawmakers and and commentators uh, erupted. A a statement from the American Gas Association contended that the Consumer Product Safety Commission relied upon a study in which the authors conducted no measurements or tests based on real-life appliance usage. So they didn't didn't do any tests in, in real homes and ignored former literature. Quote, regulators like the Consumer Product Safety Commission should rely on real data and science, not unsustained claims of, of advocates, the trade association said. Quote, attempts to generate consumer fears with baseless allegations to justify the banning of natural gas is a misguided agenda that will not improve the environment, or the health of the consumers and would saddle vulnerable populations with significant costs, unquote. Now, the organization cited uh, another study that examined the effects of gas stoves on more than 500,000 children and found no evidence of an association between the use of gas as a cooking fuel and either asthma symptoms or asthma diagnosis. Now, some 38% of American households use gas stoves for cooking, with the figure approaching 70% for states such as California and New Jersey. And this is according to data from the, the, uh, the Energy Information Administration. The Biden administration has also unveiled plans to electrify some federal buildings by leveraging renewable energy technologies, according to a statement from the Department of Energy. A recent report from the agency acknowledged that the cost of clean electricity is more than four times higher than the cost of natural gas. Yet, they're going to try to go that way anyway. I mean, what what does the government care that it's four times more expensive, right? The White House is pursuing a whole-of-government approach to put climate change at the center of our domestic national security and foreign policy. Yeah, that's what we need to be doing. We need to be putting climate change at the head of our domestic, national, and foreign policy. According to a speech delivered by Joe Biden days after his inauguration, this is exactly what they are doing. The commander-in-chief has advanced initiatives for electric vehicles, nixed the permit for the Keystone XL pipeline, and leased less federal lands for oil and drilling, than his predecessors. And yet, President Biden is, of course, not responsible for any of the gasoline price hikes, right? I mean, he's he's not responsible for those. I mean, he can do all of this stuff. He can create all this policy. And he's not responsible for any of that. All he did was, was, you know, was was just help the situation, right? Uh, He didn't have any effect on this at all. And it was interesting, uh, if you if you uh, were watching this, uh, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, from our, our Democrat, uh, Democrat from New York, was mocked online Wednesday after an image emerged of her using a gas stove reportedly in her residence after she previously stated that exposure to gas stoves could cause cognitive issues. <laughs> so if that's the case, then why is she using it, right? Or 
hmm, let me think about this for a second. Maybe, maybe that's what went wrong there. I don't know. I might have to rethink this one. But, the, you know, in, in all actuality, this war on natural gas is ridiculous. It is only going to hurt you and your family in the long run. The, 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 this, this war on natural gas. And, and for what purpose? I mean, why, why a war on natural gas? Because that's what it is. And why are we waging this war? What purpose are we getting at? What's the long game here? I mean, it's it's just simply ridiculous. Now, remember when the FBI raided President Donald Trump's residence to uh, regain some documents that they were uh, considered top secret, right? Do you remember this? And remember how much President Biden complained about Trump having those documents at his house? Well, here's another story that might be of some interest to you. Classified documents from President Joe Biden's time as vice president found at at his private um, academic office last fall reportedly contain information on Iran, Ukraine, and the United Kingdom. What? (laughs) Ukraine? Wow, isn't that a shocker that President Joe Biden would have top secret reports and information on Ukraine. President uh, uh, President Biden's personal attorneys found 10 classified documents while searching the president's academic office at the Penn Biden Center for Democracy and Global uh, Engagement in Washington last year. The White House notified the National Archives and the Department of Justice of the findings and prompting the DOJ to launch a review of the incident, according to Richard Sauber, a special counsel to the president. A source familiar with the matter told CNN that the classified documents contain U.S. intelligence memos and briefing materials on Iran, Ukraine, and the United Kingdom, though it is unclear what exact information is contained in these documents. The documents were first discovered by one of the uh, president's attorneys days before the November midterm elections as he was closing down a private office Biden used for his work with the Penn Biden Center. Now, despite being discovered months ago, the incident only became public knowledge on Monday after multiple reports. Yes. So, because this information would not be useful to know before the midterm elections, right? I mean, we we wouldn't want to know that at all. That's not going to affect the election at all, right? Well, President Biden and his team were unaware, as he put it, of the classified documents that were stashed in his office. And this is what sources told CNN. And the president was also ignorant of what information they may have contained. To me, that's almost worse. I mean, he didn't have a have a clue that he had these things. Well, well how, where did they? I don't know how I got those, right? The White House has attempted to limit any person uh, possible fallout over the discovery. White House officials held a phone conference with top allies recently and downplayed the classified documents as not particularly sensitive and not of high interest to the intelligence community, according to CNN. And my question would be then, then why were they classified as top secret then? I mean, if they're, yeah, yeah, it's not, not really much of anything. 
then why did they have that classification in the first place? The documents are currently being held by the National Archives, according to Sovereign, and the FBI raided Trump's place. Remember, you remember this, right? He ra- they raided Trump's place, even though he was cooperating with them and had the ability to, you know, declassify them as president. He had he had guards, armed guards there. They were in a, in his you know, in in his in a safe. I mean, the FBI here in 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 Biden's case said that they they weren't even going to investigate this thing. But these were you know were not the only secret documents that Biden was hiding. NBC News has reported that aides to President Joe Biden have discovered at least one additional batch of classified documents in a location separate from the Washington office he used leaving the um, Obama administration, according to a personal person familiar with the matter. Now, these classified documents were located at the president's home in Wilmington, Delaware, and this second set was found in his garage, as well as a third set was found inside his home there. And yesterday, U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland announced that he has appointed former U.S. Attorney Robert Herr as a special counsel to investigate President Joe Biden over the classified documents that were found in a private office and in his garage and his home. Now, my question here is this. Could this really be the beginning of the Democrats getting rid of old Joe? I don't know, but it's going to be it's going to be fun to watch, right? For a while now, parents have been been taking their kids out of public schools in favor of other forms of education. Uh, they've been doing so because the public schools track record for actually teaching kids has been terrible. Schools recently have been blaming COVID and, and online learning for their lack of performance. But of course, you know, when COVID was starting to kick up again, well, we're going to go back to online learning, even though we used it as an excuse why kids weren't learning in the first place. But it appears that they have come up with another excuse now. Seattle Public School District officials filed a lawsuit Friday uh, against uh, uh, social media platform owners, including Facebook, TikTok, and others, for allegedly intentionally cultivating and creating a mental health crisis among the youth. Plaintiffs filed the 91-page lawsuit in the U.S. District Court, arguing that the platforms, which also include Google, Snapchat, and YouTube, have caused a public nuisance affecting Seattle public schools. Quote, defendants, are, uh, def- defendants have successfully exploited the vulnerable brains of youth, hooking tens of millions of students across the country into positive feedback loops of excessive use and abuse of, def- of defendants' social media platforms, stating the, the lawsuit, right? Worse, the content defendants uh, curate and direct to youth is too often harmful and explosive. Uh, Yeah, okay. Such content, the uh, lawsuit alleges uh, social media companies promote include a corpse bride diet, eating 300 calories a day, or encouraging self-harm. Other mental uh, mental mental health harms the lawsuit accuses Big tech, uh, tech of cultivating among the youth uh, include anxiety, cyberbullying, and suicide. The lawsuit argues that students experiencing mental health issues 
uh, perform worse in schools and are less likely to attend class while engaging in substance abuse, which directly affects Seattle public schools ability to fulfill its educational mission. See, there it is. We can't teach your kid because of social media, right? Seattle Public School Districts claimed the, that uh, anxiety and approximately, I'm sorry, approximately three, 30% of students reported feeling sad or hopeless for more than two weeks between 2009 and 2019, which caused them to stop engaging in some typical activities. Other public school uh, officials said, according to the Insider paper, they are holding social media companies accountable for the harm they have wreaked on the so, uh, social, emotional, and mental health of students. The increase in suicide attempts, suicides, and mental health-related emergency rooms visits is no coincidence, a statement said. Um, and, 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 it, and it goes on. I mean, the, the, they're, they're basically, they have come up with an excuse here. And I'm not saying that you know, social media isn't bad. What I'm saying is that the job performance of, of this nation's public schools is, is horrible. We spend more money per student on their um, education than any other country in the world. Yet, all we can do uh, is, is get the cries from them of more money. Yet, test scores are continuing to plummet, and all they can do is come up with excuses. This is just another one of those. And it'll be interesting to, to follow this and see where this one goes. And let's let's end on a lighter note, can we? The new Republican Arkansas governor, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, signed an executive order this week banning the use of Latin X in government documents because it is culturally insensitive to the Latino community. I kind of like this one. Uh, quote, Ethnically insensitive and pejorative language has no place in official docu uh, government documents or government employee titles, Sanders executive order states. Quote, the government has a responsibility to respect its students, and, I'm sorry, its citizens, and use ethnically appropriate language, particularly when referring to ethnic minorities, unquote. The executive order notes uh, that polling from the Pew Research Center has found that roughly only 2 to 3% of Latinos even use the word Latinx to describe themselves and that the the real academia Espinola a uh, it's it's a Madrid-based uh, institution that serves as a guide for for Spanish language has officially rejected the use uh, of of X as an alternative to O and A in Spanish. Now, Sanders said that it was the official policy of her administration to prohibit the use of culturally insensitive words uh, for official state government business. All state offices, departments, and agencies, unless granted an exemption by the governor, shall review official documents of their, uh, of their uh, respective entities regarding the use of the term Latinx, uh, Latinx, Latinxes, or... Latinxes, <laughs> I guess, is in official state documents, uh, the order said. Now, the state entities are uh, to report back to the governor's office 
uh, highlighting all um, instances in which the word is used and uh, and do so within 60 days uh, of this order. All state offices, departments, and agencies shall revise all uh, existing written materials uh, by replacing the term Latinx and all those other ones that I just went through with Hispanic. Hispanics, Latino, Latinos, Latina, and Latinas. Sanders also signed an executive order. This is another one that, that just got completely overlooked by the mainstream media. Uh, Sanders also uh, signed an executive order targeting woke uh, indoctrination in schools, specifically critical race theory, which the order describes uh, as an antithetical to the traditional American values of neutrality, equality, and fairness. I like that. It, quote, it emphasizes skin color as a personal primary characteristic, thereby re, uh, resurrecting uh, the, the, uh, the uh, segregationist, segregationist values, which America has fought so hard to reject. This is what the order said. It said, it is the policy of this administration that CRT, discrimination and indoctrination, have no place in Arkansas classrooms. Uh, this is this is just really good. I mean, Sanders, who's, she's, she's I think she's 40 years old now, was sworn into office in, in Little Rock on, on uh, Tuesday, uh, where she, she follows in the footsteps of her father, Mike Huckabee, uh, who, of course, you may know, ran for president, things like that. Uh, he served as governor of the state from, from 1996 to 2007. You know, she, uh, she I really liked her as, as a White House spokesperson. I thought she did an excellent job, one of the very best I've ever seen. And it looks like she's hitting the ground running as governor here. So anyway, we'll have to keep her eye on her and just see how, how uh, she's doing and like I say, right now, just with these two things uh, right from the get-go, she is doing very well. And you, now you may agree with that. You may disagree with that. You may even have something that I didn't didn't see when it came to some of these. And I would love to hear from you on it. Uh, of course, you can always do that at UncommonSensePodcast.com. Thank you very much for listening. This podcast is a production of Morganite Communications.